0: Welcome back, everyone, to 1001's Best of Jack London. This is your host, John Hagedorn. We have two stories for you today. The first is called Baldface, Face, and the second is called Jan the Unrepentant. Hope you like him. Talking of bear. The Klondike king paused meditatively, and the group on the hotel porch hitched their chairs up closer. Talking of bear,' he went on. "'Now, up in the northern country, there are various kinds. "'On the Little Pelly, for instance, they come down that thick in the summer "'to feed on the salmon that you can't get an Indian or a white man "'to go nigher than a day's journey to the place. "'And up in the Rampart Mountains, there's a curious kind of bear "'called the Side-Hill Grizzly. "'That's because he's traveled on the side hills ever since the flood, "'and the two legs on the downhill side are twice as long as the two on the uphill.' and he can outrun a jackrabbit when he gets the steam up. Dangerous? Catch you? Bless you, no. All a man has to do is circle down the hill and run the other way. You see, that throws Mr. Bear's long legs up the hill and the short ones down. Yes, he's a mighty peculiar creature, but that wasn't what I started in to tell about. They've got another kind of bear up on the Yukon, and his legs are all right, too. He's called the Bald-Faced Grizzly and he's just as big as he is bad. It's only the fool white men that think of hunting him. Indians got too much sense. But there's one thing about the bald face that man has to learn. He never gives the trail to a mortal creature. If you see him coming, and you value your skin, you get out of his path. If you don't, there's bound to be trouble. If the bald face met Jehovah himself on the trail, he'd not give him an inch. Oh, he's a selfish beggar. Take my word for it. "'But I had to learn all this. "'Didn't know anything about bear when I went into the country, "'excepting when I was a youngster I'd seen a heap of cinnamons "'and that little black kind of bear. "'And there was nothing to be scared at. "'Well, after we'd got settled down on a claim, "'I went up on the hill looking for a likely piece of birch "'to make an axe handle out of. "'But it was pretty hard to find the right kind, "'and I kept a-going and kept a-going for nigh on two hours. "'Wasn't in no hurry to make my choice, you see,' for I was heading down to the forks, where I was going to borrow a log bit from old Joe Gee. When I'd started, I put a couple of sourdough biscuits and some sow belly in my pocket in case I might get hungry. And I'm telling you that lunch came in right handy before I was done with it. By and by, I hit upon the likeliest little birch sapling, right in the middle of a clump of jack pine. Just as I raised my hand axe, I happened to cast my eyes down the hill. There was a big bear coming up, Swinging along on all fours, right in my direction. It was a bald face, but little I knew then about such kind. Just watch me scare him, I says to myself, and I stayed out of sight in the trees. Well, I waited till he was about a hundred feet off, then out I runs into the open. I hollered at him, expecting to see him turn tail like chain lightning. Turn tail? He just throwed up his head for one good look, and he came a-coming, I hollered. "'Louder than ever, but he just kept on coming. sarn you,' I says to myself, "'getting mad now. "'I'll make you jump the trail.' "'So I grabs my hat, and waving and hollering "'starts down the trail to meet him. "'A big sugar pine had gone down in a windfall "'and lay about breast high. "'I stops just behind it, "'old Ballface comin' coming all the time. "'It was just then that fear came to me. "'I yelled like a Comanche Indian "'as he raised up to come over the log, "'and fired my hat full in his face.' Then I lit out. Say, I rounded the end of that log and put down the hill at a 220 cliff, old ball face reaching for me at every jump. At the bottom was a broad, open flat, a quarter of a mile to timber, and full of fallen roadblocks. I knew if I ever slipped I was a goner, but I hit only the high places till you couldn't have seen my trail for smoke, and the old devil snorting along hot after me. Midway across, he reaches for me just striking the heel of my moccasin with his claw. I tell you, I was doing some tall thinking just then. I knew he had the wind of me, and I could never make the brush, so I pulled my little lunch out of my pocket and dropped it on the fly. Never looked back till I hit the timber, and then he was mouthing the biscuits in a way which wasn't nice to see, considering how close he'd been to me. I never slacked up, no, sir, just kept hitting the trail for all there was in me. But just as I came round a bend, heelin it right lively, I tell you, what I see in the middle of the trail before me, and coming my way, but another bald face. Whew, he says, when he spotted me, and he came a-running. Instantly, I was about and hitting the back trail twice as fast as I'd come. The way this one was a-puffing after me, I clean forgot all about the other bald face. First thing I knew, i seen him moseying along kind of easy, wondering most likely what would become of me, and if I tasted as good as my lunch. Say, when he seen me, he looked real pleased. And then he came a-jumping for me. Woof, he says. Woof, says the one behind me. Bang, I goes. Slap up the trail sideways. A-plunge in and a claw into the brush like a wild man. By this time I was clean crazed. Thought the whole country was full of bald faces. Next thing I knows, whop, I comes up against something in a tangle of wild blackberry bushes. Then that something hits me a slap and closes in on me. "'Another bald face! "'And then and there I knew I was gone for sure. "'But I made up to die game, "'and of all the rampin' and roaring and ripping and tearing "'you ever see, that was the worst. "'My God! Oh, my wife!' it says. "'And I looked, and it was a man I was hammering into kingdom come. "'I thought you was a bear,' says I. "'He kind of caught his breath and looked at me. "'Then he says, "'Yeah, same here.' "'Seemed as though he'd been chased by a bald face too, "'and had hidden the blackberries.' so that's how we mistook each other. By that time, the racket on the trail was something terrible, and we didn't wait to explain matters. That afternoon, we got Joe Gee and some rifles and came back loaded for bear. Maybe you won't believe me, but when we got to the spot, there was the two bald faces lying dead. You see, when I jumped out, they came together, and each refused to give trail to the other, so they fought it out. Talking of bear, as I was just saying... Thanks for joining us for Bald Face. We'll return with our second story right after these sponsor messages. And now our second story, Jan the Unrepentant. For there's never a law of God or man runs north of 53. Jan rolled over, clawing and kicking. He was fighting hand and foot now, and he fought grimly, silently. Two of the three men who hung upon him shouted directions to each other, and strove to curb the short, hairy devil who would not curb. The third man howled. His finger was between Jan's teeth. "'Quit your tantrums, Jan, and ease up,' panted Red Bill, getting a stranglehold on Jan's neck. "'Why on earth can't you just hang decent and peaceable?' But Jan kept his grip on the third man's finger, and squirmed over the floor of the tent, "'into the pots and pans. "'You are no gentleman, sah," "'reproved Mr. Taylor, "'his body following his finger, "'and endeavouring to accommodate itself "'to every jerk of Jan's head. "'You have killed Mr. Gordon, "'as brave and honorable a gentleman as ever hit the trail. "'You are a murderer, sah, "'and one without honor.' "'And you're no comrade,' "'broke in Red Bill. "'If you was, you'd hang "'without ramping around and roaring. "'Come on, Jan, there's a good fellow.' "'Don't give us no more trouble. "'Just quit, and we'll hang you neat and handy "'and be done with it.' "'Steady, all!' Lawson, the sailorman, bawled. "'Jam his head into the pot and batten down.' "'But my finger, sir,' Mr. Taylor protested. go with your finger, then. "'Always in the way. "'But I can't, Mr. Lawson. "'It's in the critter's gullet, "'and I chewed off as it is. "'Stand by for stays.' "'As Lawson gave the warning,' Jan half-lifted himself, "'and the struggling quartet floundered across the tent "'into a muddle of furs and blankets. "'In its passage it cleared the body of a man, "'who lay motionless, bleeding from a bullet wound in the neck. "'All this was because of the madness which had come upon Jan, "'the madness which comes upon a man "'who has stripped off the raw skin of earth "'and groveled long in primal nakedness, "'and before whose eyes rises the fat veils of the homeland, "'and into whose nostrils steals the whiff of bay.' and grass and flower, and new-turned soil. Through five frigid years, Yon had sown the seed. Stuart River, Forty Mile, Circle City, Koyakuk, Kotzebue, had marked his bleak and strenuous agriculture, and now it was Nome that bore the harvest. Not the Gnome of Golden Beaches and Ruby Sands, but the Gnome of Ninety-Seven, before Anvil City was located, or El Dorado District organized. John Gordon was a Yankee, "'and should have known better. "'But he passed the sharp word "'at a time when Jan's bloodshot eyes blazed "'and his teeth gritted in torment. "'And because of this, "'there was a smell of saltpeter in the tent, "'and one lay quietly, "'while the other fought like a cornered rat "'and refused to hang in the decent "'and peaceable manner suggested by his comrades. "'If you will allow me, Mr. Lawson, "'before we go further in this rumpus, "'I would say it was a good idea "'to pry this here varmint's teeth apart. "'Neither will he bite off.' Nor will he let go. He has the wisdom of a serpent, Sah. The wisdom of the serpent. Let me get the hatchet to him. vociferated the sailor. Let me get the hatchet. He shoved the steel edge close to Mister Taylor's finger and used the man's teeth as a fulcrum. Jan held on and breathed through his nose, snorting like a grampus. Steady, all. Now she takes it. Thank you, Sah. It's a powerful relief. And Mister Taylor proceeded to gather into his arms the victim's wildly waving legs. But Jan upreared in his berserker rage, bleeding, frothing, cursing, five frozen years thawing into sudden hell. They swayed backward and forward, panted, sweated, like some cyclopean, many-legged monster rising from the lower deeps. The slush lamp went over, drowned in its own fat, while the midday twilight scarce percolated through the dirty canvas of the tent. "'For the love of God, Jan, get your senses back,' pleaded Red Bill. "'We ain't goin' to hurt you, or kill you, or anything of that sort. "'We just want to hang you, that's all. "'And you a-messin' round and rampage and somethin' terrible. "'To think of travelin' trail together and then being treated like this. "'I wouldn't a believed it of you, Jan.' "'He's got too much steerage way. "'Grab holt his legs, Taylor, and heave him over.' "'Yes, sir, Mr. Lawson. "'Do you press your weight above, after I give the word?' "'The Kentuckian groped about him in the murky darkness.' "'Now, sir, now's the accepted time.' There was a great surge, and a quarter of a ton of human flesh tottered and crashed to its fall against the side wall. Pegs drew and guy ropes parted, and the tent, collapsing, wrapped the battle in its greasy folds. "'You're only making harder for yourself,' Red Bill continued, at the same time driving both his thumbs into a hairy throat, the possessor of which he had pinned down. "'You've made nuisance enough already.' And it'll take half the day to get things straight when we've strung you up. I'll thank you to leave go, sir, muttered Mr. Taylor. Red Bill grunted and loosed his grip, and the twain crawled out into the open. At the same instant, Jan kicked clear of the sailor, and took to his heels across the snow. "'Hi, you lazy devils. Buck, Bright, sick em. Pull 'em down, sang out Lawson, lunging through the snow after the fleeing man. Buck and Bright, followed by the rest of the dogs, "'outstripped him and rapidly overhauled the murderer. "'There was no reason that these men should do this, "'no reason for Jan to run away, "'no reason for them to attempt to prevent him. "'On the one hand stretched the barren snowland, "'on the other, the frozen sea. "'With neither food nor shelter, he couldn't run far. "'All they had to do was wait till he wandered back to the tent, "'as he inevitably must when the frost and hunger laid hold of him. "'But these men did not stop to think.' "'there was a certain taint of madness "'running in the veins of all of them. "'Besides, blood had been spilled, "'and upon them was the bloodlust, thick and hot. "'Vengeance is mine,' saith the Lord, "'and he saith it in temperate climes where the warm sun steals away the energies of men. "'But in the Northland they've discovered "'that prayer is only efficacious when backed by muscle, "'and they're accustomed to doing things for themselves. "'God is everywhere,' they've heard. BUT HE FLINGS A SHADOW OVER THE LAND FOR HALF YEAR THAT THEY MAY NOT FIND HIM, SO THEY GROPE IN DARKNESS, AND IT IS NOT TO BE WONDERED THAT THEY OFTEN DOUBT, AND DEEM THE DECALOGUE OUT OF GEAR. Jan RAN BLINDLY, RECKONING NOT OF THE WAY OF HIS FEET, FOR HE WAS MASTERED BY THE VERB TO LIVE, TO EXIST. BUCK FLASHED GRAY THROUGH THE AIR, BUT MISSED. THE MAN STRUCK MADLY AT HIM AND STUMBLED. THEN THE WHITE TEETH OF BRIGHT CLOSED ON HIS mackinaw JACKET, AND HE PITCHED INTO THE SNOW. He fought wildly as ever, the center of a tossing heap of men and dogs. His left hand gripped a wolf dog by the scruff of the back, while the arm was passed around the neck of Lawson. Every struggle of the dog helped to throttle the hapless sailor. Jan's right hand was buried deep in the curling tendrils of Red Bill's shaggy head, and beneath all, Mr. Taylor lay pinned and helpless. It was a deadlock, for the strength of his madness was prodigious. But suddenly, without apparent reason, Jan loosed his various grips and rolled over quietly on his back. His adversaries drew away a little, dubious and disconcerted. Jan grinned viciously. "'Mine friends,' he said, still grinning, "'you have asked me to be playful, and now I am playful. What business would you do bit me?' "'That's right, Jan. Be calm,' soothed Red Bill. "'I know you'd come to your senses afore long. "'Just be calm now.' and we'll do the trick with neatness and despatch. Fod pisiness! What trick! The hangin'. And you ought to thank your lucky stars for havin' a man what knows his business. I've done it afore now, more'n once, down in the States. And I can do it to a T. Hang who? Me? Yep. Ha-ha! Just here demand speak, to foolishness. Give me a hand, Bill, and I will get up and be hung. "'He crawled stiffly to his feet "'and looked about him. "'Herr Gott, listen to der man. "'He would tank me. "'Ho, ho, I tank not. "'Yes, I tank not.' "'And I tank, yes, you swab!' "'Lawson spoke up mockingly, "'at the same time cutting a sled-lash "'and coiling it up with ominous care. "'Judge Lintz holds court this day. "'Von little while!' "'Jan stepped back from the preferred noose. "'I have somebody to ask, un to make der great proposition. "'Kentucky, you know about der Judge Lynch?' "'Yes, sir. "'It is an institution of free men and of gentlemen, "'and it is an old one and time-honored. "'Corruption may wear the robe of magistracy, sir, "'but Judge Lynch can always be relied upon "'to give justice without court fees. "'I repeat, sir, without court fees. "'Law may be bought and sold, "'but in this enlightened land— the justice is as free as the air we breathe, strong as the liquor we drink, prompt as—cut it short. Find out what the beggar wants. Interrupted Lawson, spoiling the peroration. Ver, Kentucky, tell me dis: von man kill von other man, should Lynch hang dot man? If the evidence is strong enough, yes, sah. And the evidence in this here case is strong enough to hang a dozen men, yon. Broke in Red Bill. "'Never you mind, Bill. "'I talk mit you next. "'Now, von another thing I ask Kentucky. "'If Judge Lynch hang not der man, "'but den, "'Well, if Judge Lynch does not hang the man, "'then the man goes free, "'and his hands are washed clean of blood. "'And further, sir, our great and glorious Constitution has said, "'to wit, "'that no man may twice be placed in jeopardy of his life "'for one and the same crime. "'Or words to that effect.' And they can't shoot him, or hit him mit a club over de head alongside or do not more mit him? No, sir. Goot You hear what Kentucky speaks, all you noodle heads? Now I talk mit Bill. You know de business, Bill. Won't you hang me up brown, eh? What you say? your life, and Jan, if you don't give no more trouble, you'll be almighty proud of the job. I'm a connoisseur. "'You had der great head bill und no soundings and know some dings you do, and you know two und one makes tree ain't it bill nodded On't when you have two dings you have not three dings ain't it now you follow mit me close and I show you it takes three dings to hang first ding you have to have der man goot I'm der man second ding, you have to have der rope Lawson here have der rope "'Good. Un turd thing. You have to have something to tie your rope to. "'Sling your eyes over the landscape, and find your turd thing to tie your rope to. Eh? "'Take a long look. But you say?' Mechanically, they swept the ice and snow with their eyes. It was a homogeneous scene, devoid of contrast or bold contours, dreary, desolate, and monotonous. The ice-packed sea, the snow-slope of the beach— "'the background of low-lying hills, "'and over all thrown the endless mantle of snow, "'Red Bill moaned. "'No trees, no bluffs, no cabins, "'no telegraph bowls, nothing. "'Nothing respectable enough nor big enough "'to swing the toes of a five-foot man clear the ground. "'I give it up.' "'He looked yearningly at that portion of Yan's anatomy "'which joins the head and shoulders. "'Give it up,' he repeated sadly to Lawson. Throw the rope down. God never intended this here country for living purposes, and that's a cold frozen fact. Jan grinned triumphantly. I tank I go mit der tent at half a smoke. Ostensibly, you're correct, Bill, spoke up Lawson. But you're a dummy, and you can lay to that for another cold frozen fact. Takes a seed farmer to learn you landsmen things. Ever hear of a pair of shears? Then clap your eyes to this. The sailor worked rapidly. From the pile of dunnage where they had pulled up the boat the preceding fall, he unearthed a pair of long oars. These he lashed together, at nearly right angles, close to the ends of the blades. Where the handles rested, he kicked holes through the snow to the sand. At the point of intersection, he attached two guy ropes, making the end of one fast to a cake of beach ice. The other guy he passed over to Red Bill. "'Here, my son, lay hold to that and run it out.' And to his horror, Jan saw his gallows rise in the air. No, no, he cried, recoiling and putting up his fist. Is not good. I will not hang. Come, you noodleheads, I will lick you, lick you all, one after the other. I will play hell. I will do every dings, and, and I will die before I hang. The sailor permitted the other two men to clinch with the mad creature. They rolled and tossed about furiously, "'tearing up snow and tundra, "'their fierce struggle writing a tragedy of human passion "'on the white sheet spread by nature. "'And ever and anon "'a hand or foot of yarn emerged from the tangle, "'to be gripped by Lawson "'or lashed fast with rope-yards. "'Pawing, clawing, blaspheming, "'he was conquered and bound, "'inch by inch, "'and drawn to where the inexorable shears "'lay like a pair of gigantic dividers on the snow. "'Red Bill adjusted the noose, "'placing the hangman's knot properly under the left ear.' Mr. Taylor and Lawson tailed onto the running guy, ready at the word to elevate the gallows. Bill lingered, contemplating his work with artistic appreciation. Here, Gott, would you look at it? The horror in John's voice caused the rest to desist. The fallen tent had uprisen, and in the gathering twilight it flapped ghostly arms about and titubated toward them drunkenly. But the next instant John Gordon found the opening and crawled forth. The previously dead John Gordon found the opening and crawled forth. What the FLAMING? For the moment his voice died away in his throat as his eyes took in the tableau. Hold on, everybody, I'm not dead, he cried out, coming up to the group with stormy countenance. Well allow me, mister Gordon, to congratulate you upon your escape. mister Taylor ventured. A close shave, sir. A powerful close shave. "'Congratulate hell! I might have been dead and rotten, no thanks to you!' And thereat John Gorton delivered himself of a vigorous flood of English, terse, intensive, denunciative, and composed solely of expletives and adjectives. "'Simply creased me,' he went on, when he'd eased himself sufficiently. "'Ever creased cattle, Taylor?' "'Yes, sir. Many a time, down in God's country.' "'Just so. That's what happened to me.' bullet just grazed the base of my skull at the top of the neck. Stunned me, but no harm done. He turned to the bound man. Get up, Jan. I'm going to lick you to a standstill. You're going to apologize. The rest of you lads stand clear. i tank not. Just tie me loose, and you see, replied Jan, the unrepentant, the devil within him still unconquered. And after I lick you, I take the rest of der noodle heads, one after the other, All together. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for these two great Jack London stories. We just started 1001 Best of Jack London, and we really would appreciate reviews. So if you have a chance, please do stop and send us a review. Until next week, Sunday night at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, everyone. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon with another Jack London story.